Hey there, my name is Cassie Torresias, and eight years ago, I launched my own online graphic design studio and booked a one-way ticket to travel the world in pursuit of my own freedom-filled life. I now own a multi-million dollar online business, The Bucket List Bombshells, teaching other women how to do the same, alongside my best friend, co-founder, and podcast co-host, Shay Brown. Around here, we believe that your crazy dreams aren't crazy, and that it's time for you to start creating the life and career that you dream about too. Whether you want to travel and work remotely, or simply just want to be your own boss, it's possible to live out your passion and purpose without just scraping by. We know that this path isn't always easy to navigate though, so we're here to help you. From making a career change, starting and growing your own business, balancing life and business, and most importantly, pursuing your own freedom-filled life. Get ready for real, relatable stories and advice on your journey towards something more. We serve it up BFF style, so pour yourself that third cup of coffee and let's dive in. Welcome to the Freedom Filled Life Podcast. Hey guys, it's Cassie here. I am really excited to share today's episode with you. Today, Shay is sitting down with Julie Solomon, host of the top-rated podcast, The Influencer Podcast, and author of Get What You Want, How to Go from Unseen to Unstoppable. Right now, Julie is on a mission to teach women how to get what they want. For those of you that are tired of being told to, quote-unquote, just be yourself, Now, Julie teaches you how to shake off outdated ideas of what is possible and use your newfound belief to make your vision become a reality. Now, if you're listening and you've been struggling to bring your dream life vision to life, but you're ready to take action and make a change to go after exactly what you want, then this episode is for you. Julie shares so many incredible words of wisdom and nuggets of advice so you can get what you want right here, right now. Let's dive into today's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to be joined here today with a close friend of mine, Julie Solomon. And for many of you that don't know Julie, her and I met about four years ago in a mastermind program run by another amazing CEO woman. And it was a group of amazing women that came together and we actually got to go on some retreats throughout the year. And one of the retreats that I was on with Julie was in New York and we were asked to go on a walk with another member of the group. And Julie and I ended up together on this walk. And while we were walking around New York, I believe we were enjoying some ice cream. I just remember the conversations that we were having so vividly in my head that when I left that conversation, I really felt that I had just spent a day in the sun. When you're lounging on the grass and you walk away feeling so much lighter, my conversations with Julie really just made me feel seen. And I'm so excited to bring her on today because she is this incredible business coach and she just wrote her first book, which is actually a totally different shift from content that she shared before and really pulling back the curtain on her origin story and getting deeply vulnerable. Now, I just got my copy recently and I have been highlighting so much. So I have lots of juicy questions to dive into. And I really know that anyone who reads her book is really going to walk away with the feeling of of being seen, heard and equipped with the tools to get what you want. So let's dive in today. And Julie, I wanted to know 
what was the origin story of where this book came from? I know it's a little bit different than some of the other content that you've put out there. And you even mentioned this at the beginning of your book. Yeah. So first I want to say, I love that you shared how we met because I as well, so vividly remember that day. It was in like early fall in New York city and it was a beautiful day. We were on the Lower East side and we were walking around and yeah, we did. We went to go get ice cream or cupcakes or bagels or all yeah. of it, like something. <laughs> and, um, and I remember getting that time with you because I've always loved you and, and Cass, as you know, and you guys were, were two of the women that I did, I did feel very connected to during mm -hmm. that year. I think that as a whole, we were so lucky to have the women that we had in that collective. Mm -hmm. That was just a really magical container and did a lot for my business. As I know, it did a lot for you guys as well. And it was just, you know, it was really the people that that made that so magical. So I love that we get to have that sacred memory between you and I. And um, and yeah, talking about, you know, sacredness, um, as you mentioned, I've been in this online space since really since like 2013, 2014, mm -hmm. and have had iterations of, of what I've I've looked like online, not just visually, but in terms of my brand and the content that I share. And I started off as a blogger and then, um, well, even before that I was a publicist. Um, and that's really what my background is. But once I got onto social media, I started off as a blogger and then quickly transferred into, you know, being an online marketer and really an educator and a coach for other content creators that wanted to build a brand and grow a business online. And so I've always really kind of had this, um, you know, laser focus, like bootstraps up, focus down, get the work done kind of mentality. Um, and I've always had a little bit of, of, of a vault up with me sharing a lot more of who I am. And the reason behind that was that when I would see a lot of that, especially years ago, I I'll call it curated imperfection that we would see on Instagram of people just kind of bleeding all over their Instagram pages and, and sharing a lot. Um, I will be the first to say this is a bit of a judgment. So I'm going to call myself out on this. But I always just felt that when someone chooses to share their story, especially when it's when it can be very scary and very shameful, you know, it's our shame stories. I wanted to be able to share my story in a place that I felt was just a little bit more sacred than an Instagram feed. Mm -hmm. And again, um, not that that's bad or wrong if other people choose to do that, but just the way that I envisioned it, it wasn't going to be an Instagram post, an Instagram post, an Instagram post of me sharing novels of my, you know, my heart. And so I knew that if I was ever given the opportunity to write a book and have someone actually read it, that those, that, that, that place, that that is where I would share those moments in the sacred pages of a book. Mm -hmm. um, maybe call me old fashioned or traditional or whatever that is, but that just always felt way more aligned to me than just like being part of a scroll machine. And mm -hmm. so I've always been very more business focused with my content when it comes to social media. And now I really have this beautiful opportunity to crack open more of my heart and share more of my story inside the pages of this book. 
That's incredible. I know that we have gone through this social media evolution of not sharing anything and being perfectly curated to almost oversharing to now finding that balance. And I love that you are going to be diving into that in your book. That sounds incredible. How did that feel for you to dive deep and to share those more vulnerable stories? Yeah, you know, for me, it felt first, it felt like the right time. And that's always, I think that each and every person, when you want to be able to open yourself up and share more of your story, um, you have to kind of really take that gut check and and find like, is this the right time? Like, am I sharing from a scar instead of a wound? Am I coming from a place of recovery and healing that I can now share from this sacred space instead of like, oh my gosh, this thing happened to me five minutes ago. Now let me go on Instagram and like talk about it right now. of course, people process things differently. Um, but the way that I am and the way that I've that I've always been able to to not only process, but to be able to really kind of retain and consume information, it's when it comes from more of that heel-based place. I actually get mm-hmm. kind of triggered and traumatized when someone's like throwing a lot of their stuff onto me and it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like they've actually gotten to a place of healing yet. That's completely my own stuff, but I'll actually get very triggered and need to kind of like shut away or shut down from content like that because Mm -hmm. it feels very um, chaotic and and unhealthy, which is scary for me. And so um, I I think that's probably why I come from this place of like really needing to feel through something and making sure that I'm ready emotionally and mentally and spiritually to share. And I really have the clarity and confidence with that. So that's really kind of the first step for me. And, and the reason why I knew it was time is because I had kind of gotten to the other side of so much. And then um, again, just being able to have an outlet like a book to put those pages in and it can kind of, you know, have its, its beautiful little space to live forever that just felt uh, aligned for me. I completely feel that in the words as I'm reading your book. So I really feel, I love that you came from that healed place and you're allowing like others to be healed by the words in your book because you're already coming from such a stable foundation. And I just want to say, I definitely feel that within the words of your book. So thank you, Julie. And um, in the book, you talk about how to understand and overcome the origin stories that can hinder Mm. our success. Can you share a bit about what this means? Yeah, I think that the best way to share what it means is just to kind of share a little bit about my origin story. Um, Mm -hmm. And I kick off, you know, the first chapter of the book. um, I I share this very, um, it's not really shameful anymore because I'm way past it. But for a long time it was, I shared this very intimate and private story of how I over three years had amassed over $30,000 of credit card debt. And I had consciously decided to hide it from my husband. So I was essentially lying. I was omitting and, and Mm -hmm. keeping this really dark secret from my husband that, you know, was costing myself and my family a lot of detriment. And so he found out and called me up and called me out. And in the midst of all of this, I kind of call this like one of my, you know, financial, personal and professional rock bottoms. I'm now met with this, 
this crisis. And, you know, at the time I was someone that I had already had a very successful career in the PR space. I, you know, was a music and book publicist for about 10 years. I had had success, you know, college educated, like checking off all the box of what a successful woman is supposed to look like. But here I was sitting at the dining room table, having to now face this really harsh and dark reality of, um, you know, this, this really kind of dark side of me. And, you know, I talk about it in the book that as my husband's kind of finding this revelation, of course, rightfully so, he's so hurt and confused and he's going through his own, you know, emotions of all of this. The, the only kind of thought that came to my head was this question. And it was, why am I so afraid to be honest? Why am I so afraid to be honest about money? Why am I so afraid to be honest about this situation that I put myself in. And, you know, during the um, three years that I had amassed the debt, you know, I would, I would find myself rationalizing and justifying it. I would say things, Shay, like, well, it's not like I'm down on Rodeo Drive buying Chanel purses. So it's, you know, I'm buying things that support my business or, you know, I'm just totally. buying lip gloss from Sephora. So I would have these justifications that would keep mm -hmm. the cycle going, you know, or I would, I would have these delusional thoughts, right? Like I would say things to myself like, well, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to land some big PR gig, or I'm going to land some big brand deal. And I'm going to be able to pay all this off. And my husband will never find out, or my husband is going to, my husband's an actor. So I would say my husband's going to land some new TV show or movie. And somehow I'm going to use that money to pay this off and he won't find out. Or, you know, I'm going to win the lottery. Like, I'm going to go and, like, win the lottery and I'm going to pay this off. Just very delusional thinking Yeah. Um, that is, I think, very normal. And, and mm -hmm. you know, it could only get me so far. And so here I was now set with this reality of how am I going to now face this and what got me here? And mm -hmm. that is where the origin story comes into play, where I grew up in a very small, you know, small town, small minded, scarcity mindset household. We did not have a lot of money growing up. My dad grew up in extreme poverty. My grandparents lived in a trailer park. Um, and I just remember that idea of the American dream was just getting by. You know, my dad literally wore a blue collar to work every day, would punch, you know, a, a clock. And, and, you know, if he, if he could just pay the bills and get by, that was enough. And my mom wasn't really that far better off. They both didn't have college degrees. They both just kind of had to, you know, fake it till they made it and like, and just figure things out along the way. So it was a very um, paycheck to paycheck mindset. There's never enough. Um, it also caused a lot of arguments in my home. And there was also other things to play in my home, like alcoholism and just addictive behaviors that can just compound this belief system that you're not safe and there's never enough. And so when I was able to really start to become aware of my origin story, and that's really what the whole kind of introduction and first chapter of the book is about is, you know, really getting to the root of why do I think the way that I do? Why do I act out the way that I am acting out? Why do I justify and rationalize these really not healthy and very bizarre behaviors and patterns. And it's because that is what was modeled around me. And that is how I learned to survive. However, I'm an adult now. And so little Julie can kind of take a back seat and adult Julie can come here and she can start to really work towards getting out of this. And so I talk about in the book about really being able to 
identify what is your origin story? What are the thoughts or the beliefs or the experience that you, the experiences that you were either consciously or subconsciously surrounded by throughout your childhood that now shape the way that you think, feel, and view the world. Mm -hmm. And um, that was really the gift of this rock bottom moment. And I think that for any of the women that are listening, you know, maybe you're not as crazy as me and, and you're you're not hiding $30,000 of credit card debt from your husband. But, you know, maybe there are things that you are doing that you can relate. And, you know, I've, I've talked to a lot of women in my community about this, um, that idea of, you know, we'll go to TJ Maxx and buy a bunch of stuff, but we'll, we'll run into the house and hide it in our closet before our husband see the shopping bags. Or, you know, we will... Um, want to invest in a, you know, coaching program or a course, but we're afraid that our husband will not be able to support it or he'll say no. So we'll just do it behind his back, you know, or whatever these kinds of things are, because we're so afraid to speak our truth and to say what we, what we mean and mean what we say and to be able to really advocate for ourselves. And so for me, unlocking what my origin story was really gave me some steps to freedom that, that I had never had before. And it allowed me to start advocating for myself and really learning myself at, in a deeper way than I never had before. Wow. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that story with us. I know that when I was reading through and, and I even got to learn more about you, like that I didn't even realize. And again, like I said, you just jump off the page with that vulnerability. And I think for me, when, when I, when you introduced the concept of origin story, what I thought was so cool and really shifted a mind uh, shift for me was that that's the beginning. So I'm a big comic fan and yeah. you even mentioned Marvel DC. I'm a big Marvel <laughs> comic girl. And so your origin story, like how you were made, it's almost, it's so interesting. So I feel like there's been a couple origin story moments over the past two years for me. And it's really cool to think that that's the origin story. And now I am moving into the main plot line. And that mm -hmm. way I thought was really cool about the concept of your origin story. So looking back at what shaped you, but also if you kind of feel like you're still in the middle of that, or you can have multiple origin stories, remembering that that is what is going, once you can understand it and work through it, the plot line is coming or like the climax of the story is coming. And, and I really enjoyed that. Um, and I know that many of our listeners are aspiring or newbie business owners, and I know that they lack the confidence sort of in this big mm -hmm. mindset block that holds them back. And I think many of their origin stories come from feeling something that has made them feel unconfident or less courageous. What advice would you have for how they could gain more confidence? Yeah, you know, confidence is such, you know, an underlining core theme and, and, and so many things that, you know, either keep women stuck or keep women feeling like they can't do something or it's not possible. And from what I've discovered through my own experience is that, you know, really the first step is that I see the patterns when we are constantly looking outside of ourselves for that worthiness and for that validation we're not, we're not ever going to get the clarity that's needed that, that we are actually capable and enough just as we are to get what we want. And so of course we can't have confidence because confidence comes from clarity. And so if you don't have the clarity and knowing who you are and, you know, really being able to advocate for yourself and loving yourself for exactly who you are, of course, you're not going to have the confidence to take the next steps. I think the other thing too, is that a lot of people feel like 
you know, they get, they have to have the confidence first, and then they're going to be able to figure out whatever it is. But it's usually the experience of, Mm -hmm. you know, trying things out and testing things out and feeling things out that you actually get the clarity, which then gives you the confidence. And so Mm -hmm. it's a little bit of of taking that idea and, and flipping it. And I actually, if it's of service, I have a free guide for anyone that's listening. If you want to go and download it, it's it's the five-step guide to gaining clarity, building confidence, and accomplishing your goals. And you can get that at juliesolomon.net slash clarity. But it's really a good kind of step-by-step audio guide that runs through a lot of, it kind of takes what I talk about in the book and goes a little bit deeper into this, this core idea of you know, it's like the chicken before the egg. If if confidence comes from clarity, then what is actually going to give me the clarity? So then I can step into the confidence. And from what I have found is, you know, I think the biggest idea and really why I wanted to write the book is that a lot of books that I have read, and I don't know if you feel this way, Shay, it's like they can, especially like self-help books and things like that. They do a really good job of aligning my goals with my actions or aligning my actions with my goals, but they don't always leave me feeling better about myself. If that makes sense. Sometimes I'm, I feel more overwhelmed. I feel like now I have this laundry list of things to do, or I, it doesn't really add some of the, the inner work that I feel like is important to feel confident enough to actually step into those goals and those actions in the first place. And so confidence and, and really um, showcasing that in this book was, was important for me because that I think is really what kept me stuck for so long is that I was always waiting for my externals to change before I would feel empowered enough or worthy enough to get anything that I wanted. You know, I was always waiting for some kind of external validation or someone telling me that I was enough or whatever it may be to then feel like, okay, now I have the clarity to step in and do what it is that I wanted to do. When really, I think the biggest thing that I can share with those listening today is that you can't hide yourself and expect to be seen. And when we are not living confidently, when we are not stepping into our own power and our own brilliance, we are hiding. And so I think the more that we can realize that and see that, you know, clarity comes from being seen, confidence comes from that clarity, confidence comes once you are seen. So if you're over here hiding and you're upset or confused or don't understand why you aren't being seen and why you don't feel empowered to step into your confidence, it's because you're believing these stories and these lies that you're choosing to tell yourself about what that means. And so that's the biggest, I think it's one of my favorite quotes from the book. And one of the biggest takeaways that I can give someone is that if you don't feel like you have confidence right now, or you want more confidence, ask yourself that question. Am I hiding right now and expecting to be seen? And why am I doing that? And and how is it unfolding in my life? Wow. That was so powerful. Thank you so much, Julie. And I think that's another part of your book I love is you give us these guided questions or little exercises at the end of each chapter. And that's such an interesting take on self-help because I do believe that a lot of those books focus so much on external factors or what's happening to you versus what's going on inside you and getting into alignment with that. Um, Thank you so much for sharing. I thought that was really powerful. And one of my favorite quotes that I've highlighted so far is a woman who loves and trusts herself gives herself an incredible gift. 
the ability to love and trust other women. This really resonated for me. And I feel this reflected back in my amazing female friendships, but can you share a little bit about what this means to you? Yeah. So, um, I actually share a story in, um, I think it's chapter two, um, and where kind of this quote came from where, um, you know, growing up, I always needed people to like me mm-hmm. and it, it, I cared so much about what people thought of, about me. And, and even more than that, I felt I cared so much about being whatever they needed me to be so that they would like me. And even throughout my life, I would see this thread through, you know, boyfriends I would have and friendships I would have and, you know, jobs that I would say yes to that. It's like, I I was just saying yes to all of these people and these things just because I thought that they liked me or that they would like me more if I just said yes to them without even asking myself, like, do I actually like this person? Do I actually want to experience this? Do I want this job? Do I want to date this guy? And so it's, you know, having that origin story of people pleasing, which I know a lot of women can relate to, and just having this really, you know, sad origin story of, you know, I look back at at that young girl. And even, you know, when I was in my young twenties, like I was so lost and I was so confused and I felt so alone. And I just remember this kind of desperation with me wanting so badly to be loved and validated and liked and just someone please like validate my human existence because I didn't realize that I actually had the power to do that myself. And, you know, when I started to get into the work that I had today, I really started to get more confidence. I was getting more clarity about how I impacted the world around me. I was able to start to connect with incredible women like you and Cassie and be in masterminds. And it just, it, it empowers you and lifts you up so much. Mm-hmm. And just when I thought I was getting to the other side of that people pleasing thing, there was an instance that happened um, uh, several years ago that really made me realize how much other people validating me was still keeping me stuck. Mm -hmm. It was still holding me back. And, um, I had just launched the influencer podcast and, um, you know, I launched it with kind of this reckless abandon. I think it's just kind of like that early ignorance of being a new entrepreneur. Like you don't know what you don't know. And so it's just like, sure, let me try this. And, you know, it really took off and I was able to start to quickly create content that people were really connecting with and people were really, you know, and still do, they love the podcast medium and that space. And it just really gave me a voice that I had never had before. And there were a few women that, that had kind of come before me, you know, that I admired in the podcast space in the YouTube space. And so in the description of my podcast, you know, as a nod of inspiration to these women, I had listed some of the women in in my description. Um, And about a month after I launched my podcast, I got an email from one of those women. And I immediately, like I saw her name in my inbox and I immediately went into fantasy mode. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, does she want to be friends? Does she want to have me on a podcast? Does she want to come on mine? Like da, 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 da. And we had had some mutual friends, you know? So like, I, 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 of course knew who she was. I didn't know her personally, but had just always really admired her business from afar. And she was one of those that, you know, was all about community over competition and girl power. And like, you know, let's, let's achieve what you want. And was just on the outside looking in really was appeared to just be an advocate for women. 
And so I opened the email and <laughs> my world just crumbled. She just said, like, I can't believe you that you have my name in your description. You're trying to ride my coattails. This made me cringe. And it would just, I remember still to this day, like the knot that came into my throat and I was trying to hold back the tears and I felt so embarrassed and so ashamed that like, oh my gosh, this woman that I admired, she, she thinks I'm like, I make her cringe. She thinks I'm trying to write her coattails. Like that's not what I meant. And so immediately I went into that defect of like people pleasing and, and, you know, I got defensive and I try to make her see that like, no, we're, we're alike, you know, like we have a lot of friends that are the same and this and this, and that just made it worse. Like it just, you know, like it was just not okay. So the gift of that experience, and here's the thing that, you know, the woman that I'm talking about that that experience does not make her a bad person. We're, we're all coming from our own perspectives and our own beliefs. And, you know, her feelings were just as validated as mine, but it really gave me the gift to see people as they are, not what I make up and tell myself that they are. And it also gave me the gift of realizing that the more that I put this need to be accepted on women like her or whoever it is out there, the harder time that I'm going to have to really love and trust and accept myself. And so that's where that, that quote came from that, you know, when I give myself the dignity to really love and trust myself, then I'm also giving myself the gift to be able to love and trust other women. And, um, and that was kind of the big, you know, takeaway behind that quote and, and, um, and from that experience and what I gained from it. Yeah, it's definitely one of my favorite quotes. And I really think how we show up in the world is what's reflected back, or at least we're putting that out into the world and inspiring other women or men to also be that way. And I just, I love that one. I am going to maybe print it out and put it on a little sticky as well. Um, yeah. And something you were saying, you, you, you talked about how people pleasing came up for you again, a second time. And what advice would you give someone if they feel, cause I've been here, I felt like I cleared something out. I felt like I had done the inner work and then it came up again, you know, either it's triggered or yeah, some life changes or something. And it, and it comes up to the surface. And I, I felt a lot of shame that I, I felt like, oh, I cleared this out or frustration. I'm not sure exactly what the feeling is, but it was kind of like annoyance, maybe like, I thought mm -hmm. I cleared this out. How do mm -hmm. you overcome that? It seems like, you know, the people pleasing, you know, maybe you thought that that had, you know, been cleared and it came back up for you. Um, what advice would you give around that? Yeah, I think all of the, the words that you use to identify it is, is right on the frustration, the annoyance, the grievance, the despair of just like, why does this keep following me? Like, I thought that I had gotten through this, like the therapy and this, you know, and sometimes it can rear its ugly head. And for me, I think one of the biggest things that helps me, because I have always been someone that is just horrendously critical of myself. And I didn't even realize this until a few years ago. Like I am so hard on myself and I've always been that way. So I didn't even know that there was another way to be. Um, and when I really learned truly and, and started to just not even learn it conceptually, but started to really embody and practice the idea of having self-compassion and really learning to go easy on myself that really cleared up a lot of space. Just that moment of like, I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to get it right. If this is coming back up, okay, it's here for a reason. So that's always the first step for me is to not go down that critical 
like cave and that spin of just being like, what's wrong with you? You should have this figured out. Like, you know, so that helps. And then there's three other things that really help me. And I do talk about them in the book. Um, and there, I did not coin these things. They're very well known in 12 step groups and therapy groups, but they're called the three A's. And so it stands for awareness, acceptance, and action. And um, for me, when I can start to truly be aware of something is when I can see it for what it really is. And so awareness, when I'm not in awareness, when I may be just going through the motions or when I maybe think that I've gotten to the other side of something that maybe I haven't really fully, if I don't have awareness, I, I feel like I'm kind of frozen. And what the awareness does is that it thaws me out. It makes me really see a situation for what it is, as it is, and nothing more. And then once I can be aware of that, okay, I'm aware that this is coming back and clearly I still need to learn something. Then I can take it to the next step, which is the acceptance and accepting that this is here and it's meant to teach me something. Mm -hmm. And the beauty with acceptance, and at least for me and where kind of my spin can go is that I will, I will want things to be different than they are, or I, I want people to be different than they are, or I want to be able to try to control or manage or manipulate some kind of outcome because I, I tell myself that if I can control it, or if I know what's to come, that somehow I'm safer, mm. but you're really not in acceptance if you're holding on so tightly and if you're trying to control something outside of your reach, like no one can predict the future, no one can change the past. All we really have is this present moment. So being aware of whatever, you know, whatever's coming up for you, not giving yourself a hard time for it and then being able just to accept it. Okay. Like I now am, am in acceptance that maybe I haven't quite gotten through this, this people pleasing thing. Mm. And I can accept that. I see what's happening. I have the gut checks, I feel it in my bones. And then after you can accept, then you can go and take action. So now it's like, okay, what kind of resources do I need to maybe get to the other side of this? Or do I need to hire a coach? Or do, you want, do I need to go see somebody? Do I need to read books? Like whatever that, that action may be for each and every person can be different, but you can't take the action until you first are aware of what's going on and you accept it for what or who it is and nothing more or less. And I think for me and, and a lot of people, it's easy to be aware of something. And then like, we kind of want to go straight to the action. <laughs> it's like, we don't want to accept. <laughs> yes. And so that's like really sitting in the acceptance of like, okay, like this is, this is happening here. It is. Um, it, it allows you to, to, to really stay in the present moment. And I think that that's the biggest gift of, of any, of getting to the other side of anything is, is really being in the present moment of what it is. I love that. Thank you. That actually, I think I really don't like the acceptance phase. So I'm going to challenge myself to sit in that more. Thank you. Mm -hmm. You say that this book is going to show us how to get what you want, especially if you think what you getting you what you want is impossible. And I think mm. that that is so powerful. I really think that people don't think they can get what they want, even in this day of affirmations and um, you know setting goal setting and productivity. I still hear time and time again from my community the sense that they don't actually truly believe they can get what they want. And I was hoping you could share some advice on um, like overcoming the belief that our goals or our dreams in life aren't actually possible. 
Yeah, you know, I have, um, I think it's chapter nine or 10 where I really dive into this. Um, mm. And it's kind of the what if chapter. So I think that it's very, very common for people just to easily be like, well, you know, that happens. To, that's just for other people. Like, it's not possible for me, I, you know there's, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I can't make that happen or even the idea. And this is kind of where I can go sometimes. And just like my own self-righteousness of, I'll feel like I do it the best. No one can do it better than me. I you know, there's nothing new that I can learn. It's so like that coach or that course or that program, like that's not going to work for me. What can it teach me that I don't already know? Mm -hmm. And so for me, a lot of the possibility and believing in what's possible is also really being aware if we have those thoughts that we're not teachable or that we're not coachable or that we know everything already or that we've tried something once and it didn't work out. So it's not possible. And, and realizing if you're actually doing that, because it's, it's the payoff it's, it's a form of self-sabotage and Mm -hmm. the payoff of, you know, believing that is that you get to stay a victim. You get to stay in that victimhood mentality of nothing can help me. Nothing works for me. It's somebody else's fault or it's something else's problem. And then we don't really have to, to show up in our lives and take full accountability for what's happening. Now we can't always control something that happens to us but we always are in control with what, what we choose to do about it. And so that's really where I'm coming from of, we may be victims to a circumstance, a gross, horrible circumstance that happened to us, but we don't have to remain in that victimhood mentality if we don't want to. But there's a, sometimes there's a payoff for that with people. I mean, not being, taking accountability and responsibility for your life is, is a massive endeavor. And it is so much easier to blame, you know, the cause, the, the effects of what's happening to you on some other person, place, or thing. Like mm-hmm. there's a massive payoff to that. So I think the first step is really being aware of, you know, what are the stories and thoughts that I'm choosing to believe and tell myself? And, you know, why am I telling myself those things? Why am I telling myself that nothing, nothing will ever work for me or that I'm not coachable or that no one can teach me a new perspective? And what is the payoff that I'm getting from that? I think that's, Mm. that's a big, a big step to it. And then, you know, once you kind of get to the root of that, I think the next piece to the puzzle with figuring out what's possible is to start to kind of take stock of, you know, what have been the things in your life that you never thought were possible that have been possible, you know, and it could be as simple as like, when you were seven years old, you didn't think that you would learn how to swim. And now you swim. (laughs) <laughs> and you know, it's like, yeah, I, I tried to, you know, dog paddle once in the pool and it didn't work. So I can't swim. It's like, well, no, you got back in the pool and you tried again, you tried again. Or even, you know, when we're learning how to drive, it's mm. like when I was 16 years old, I wasn't like, well, I tried to get on the freeway that one time and it didn't work out. So I can't drive. It's like, no, you just, you, you keep trying until you get comfortable until you learn how to do it. And so I think it's about identifying the things that we easily make up and tell ourselves that's not possible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like, did any of us say, well, you know, I tried to walk when I was a toddler and I fell down a few times. So clearly walking doesn't work. <laughs> it's like, no, you just had to get back up and, and keep trying until you learned how to right. do it. And so it's, it's just about identifying those things of like, what have we told ourselves in the past that was impossible that became possible for us. And so if we have that proven data and maybe it's not even in our own lives, 
you know, but maybe you have a friend or a colleague, or maybe there's someone that you admire that you follow on social media, that it was possible for them. Mm. And so instead of telling yourself, well, it only happens to people like that. It's like, there's, there's no people like that. There's people. (laughs) So that's, you're choosing to believe that you are somehow different or unique or offsetting than this other person. Of course, we all have our unique talents and gifts that, that make us who we are, but anything that's possible for one person, you know, I believe can be possible for someone else, especially if they can get out of their own way. It may not come as easy, whatever that means. They may not be able to get it as fast or whatever it is, but if you truly want something bad enough, And if you can make sure that what you want is bigger than your excuses for not getting what you want, then that will help you start on that path. And the other thing with the not possible piece that I see is that a lot of people feel like they can't get what they want because they don't know what they want. But I believe that, you know, we always know what we want because we know what we don't want. And so if we know what we don't want, then that's going to show us what it is that we do want. You know, if we don't want to be you know, in a job, in a thankless job where we're sitting in a windowless cubicle, then we know that we, that we definitely don't want that. So what is the antithesis of that? What would that look like? So getting clear on what it is that you don't want can start to unlock the idea and the possibility of what else is out there for you and what it is that you do want. Mm. Wow. So again, another little nugget of shifts for me happening here as well. Um, as you were speaking, you know, what came up for me too was once I'm able to get out of that victimhood or that the people who are listening were sort of able to say, okay, I have the vision. I know what I want. I, I can see that it's possible. How do I, you know, let go of things that I can't change? How do I maneuver making the thing changing or heading on the path? but letting go some of maybe the things I can't change in life. Yeah. The, the idea of surrender is so big. And I think, you know, really the only thing that comes up for me when you say that it reminds me of the serenity prayer, which is like, God, you know, like help me learn to accept the things that I cannot change, have the courage to change the things that I can and the wisdom to know the difference between those two things. And so I think that there's a lot that we have to, and no matter what anyone's spiritual beliefs or religious affiliation is, you know, there comes a time in every single one of our days that it's like, okay, we've done everything that we can and let's just give over the rest. We can give it over to tomorrow. We can give it over to God. If we believe in God, we can give it over to the universe. We can give it over to our dog, like whatever it is that we, that we want to say, because when, when we're able to surrender to the unknown, to me, that really is surrendering to the possibility. And I think a lot of times the universe will do for us what we can't do for ourselves, but we have to get out of the way. And this goes back to the idea of, you know, to be able to have the courage to change the things that you can and to let go of the things that you can't change. That really does come down to getting honest with yourself about, you know, a lot of times, like we really don't know what's best. We may think we do, especially for other people. Like we always have these ideas about how other people should be living their life. Um, But the more that we can keep the focus on ourselves, check in with that inner wisdom and, you know, show up to the best that we can. And then it's like, we, we have to kind of meet possibility in that middle and then, and then just kind of let go of the reins a little bit and then let, 
let the universe surprise and delight us. Let the, the magic of the unfolding and the magic of, you know, receiving and the, you know, the magic, we all have stories of those magical moments, whether it's just like, I was walking down the street and I saw a friend of mine that I hadn't seen in 10 years, yeah. you know, it's like, and it's like, we could have never planned something as remarkable and beautiful of, of, as that. So the more that we can just stop focusing on this need to know all the answers and to have it all figured out and just to really focus on today, what mm -hmm. we can control today and giving over the, the, the rest, it will allow you, it will allow it to even reveal to you what may be missing or what may be mm -hmm. getting in your way to getting what you want. So that's really from my life experience, that idea of just surrendering anytime I have a massive problem and I've gone down my rabbit hole of like all the strategies and all of this and all of that, because that's how I think, then I have to say like, okay, I'm just gonna like, I don't, I don't know what else to do. So like, you know, Jesus or whoever take the will and, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens here. I love that. What a beautiful place to end off on. I think that was a wonderful last piece of takeaway to leave our listeners. And for everyone listening, can you share where we can buy the book and where our listeners can go to learn more about you and connect with you, Julie? Yes. Yes. So get what you want, how to go from unseen to unstoppable. You can get it wherever you love to buy books. There's also an audio book. Um, so if you are someone that loves to listen instead of read, you can definitely get it on Audible. Um, mm -hmm. I actually strongly encourage people to get both because of what you had mentioned earlier, Shay, that there's a lot of actionable steps at the end of each chapter. And mm -hmm. so the way that I learn best is actually listening to something and reading it at the same time to highlight. And then I can kind of write at the end. Um, everybody kind of learns and, and retains differently, but that's always been helpful to me with any kind of, um, you know, like deeper work that I'm doing. So wherever books are sold, Audible or wherever. And um, you can find me at um, on Instagram at Jules, J-U-L-S Solomon, S-O-L-O-M-O-N. And then my website is juliesolomon.net. Um, that's where you can find all of my, my fun work stuff. And then of course my podcast, the influencer podcast, if you don't listen to it yet, we would love to have you over there. Um, it's been five years since I started the influencer podcast, which is crazy to think. Um, and we're still going strong every Wednesday, new episode of releases. So. Thank you so much, Julie. I have so enjoyed this conversation and I'm sure our listeners did too. I hope everybody has a great rest of their day and thank you again for joining us, Julie. The Freedom Build Live podcast is brought to you by The Bucket List Bombshells. It's hosted by me, Cassie Torresias, and my co-host, Shay Brown. If you loved today's episode, we'd be so grateful if you left us a review. Reviews help us spread the word about the Freedom Filled Life podcast, and they're a key part of sharing the show with other women who believe they're made for more. Until next week, keep on pursuing your own freedom-filled life.